モーニングプロジェクトプレゼンツ Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the nichiest podcast ever. And now, let's meet our contestants. Contestant number one. My name is Brian O'Hala. I live in Seattle, Washington with my husband David in our cat pajamas. When I'm not playing Famicom or PC Engine games, I like walking on the beach, watching tennis, or doing copious amounts of pull ups. Contestant number two. Hi, my name is Anne, and I live in Australia. You might think all I do is take long walks in the outback with kangaroos, but in actuality, I spend my free time reading manga about boys who love other boys and playing all kinds of weird and wacky video games. And finally, contestant number three. Hi, this is Shidoshi, and I like to. Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. Stop that music. This isn't Warning Huge Podcast. I was totally duped. And now, here is your show. So I never ever remember, no matter how many times we've done this, which is actually only four times now, how I actually start this podcast off. Every <laughs> single time I forget my intro. So I will just say this is... Another episode of the nichiest podcast, nichiest podcast ever. <laughs> See, our show notes say the nichiest gaming podcast ever, but I think <laughs> our official name is the nichiest podcast ever. So I was thrown off <laughs> by that. I should fix that because I wrote that. Uh, with me today, of course, as always, are the. Uh, I was going to think of cute names for you, but I'm, I'm too tired today to even do that, so I will just say uh, Australian Anne. Hi, Anne. Oh, hello. <laughs> Hi, Anne. At least that's some good alliteration. And um, uh, <laughs> boastful Brian. Hi, Brian. Oh. <laughs> hello. The first word that came to my head was bountiful, but I didn't know if that would be a good word to use because yeah. you could take it that way, but it's an insult, like I'm calling you fat, you know, or it could be bountiful in another negative way. So I didn't want to go that route. I'll take whatever whatever you got. Uh, and I am, of course, Shidoshi, and we are here to talk about niche or niche games from whichever part of the world you are from. Uh, but not totally niche necessarily, but certainly a, a hot topic as of right now that I wanted to ask both of you about real quick is the Wii U. Now, I know neither of you have one, and I do not have one. Um, my work does, but I personally do not. But what I want to ask is, so there's, you know, if you've been into games for a long time, there can kind of be this thing that happens that when new hardware comes out, even if you didn't want it originally, or even if you thought, oh, I'll wait till later, there's just this this spark of desire that can <laughs> kindle inside of you as soon as the hardware comes out and you're like, well, maybe I should just go buy it because I want something new. And this is, of course, the first new home console we've gotten in six years. Wow. 
So, have either of you at any point in the last couple of days after the, the Wii U launched here in America, and your situation is a little different, but, you know, because um, I don't think it's all, is it out in Australia yet? Nope, it comes out on the 30th here. Yeah, yeah, so you're, so you're not totally in the same position that us two are, but mm. in the last few days, have either of you kind of started to reconsider at all uh, your, whatever your initial idea was as to whether or not you'd get a Wii U and when you would get one? So actually, Brian, we'll start with you. Have have you thought at all about breaking down and running out to get one? Uh, not seriously. No, I mean, but I will say that. Well, re watching some of the videos, I was at least uh, jealous of people who had one, except for you know any videos showing people having problems with them. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Just like seeing the interface in person and Meverse and some of the games, I was like, oh, I wish. I bought one, but then after reading everything else, I thought, no, I'm more than fine with waiting a while until everything's worked out. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because the whole Meverse thing is just so adorable, like looking at it online, like all the, like how you can just communicate with each other and the little pictures you can draw and, and just like, yeah. it's, it is almost like its own little social network, but I, I actually think it's going to end up being a really, really cool idea because... And I, I think, as always, unfortunately, with Nintendo, at least for me, I don't know that they will have done it in the exact way I would want. But it's just right. it's kind of neat to go in there and just see people like posting things. And at least for now, everything's friendly. We'll see if that stays friendly or not, you know. <laughs> but it's just this little kind of community where you can be like, oh, hey, I did this. And everybody's like, yay, you know, or here, I'll draw you a picture, or, you know, or, or like this, this fun little form of communication that is a, is about you know, kind of celebrating gaming and and doing that with each other versus the very competitive kind of, you know, ha-ha, I, I kicked your ass in this game, you noob yeah. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what what was going into the Wii U's launch, uh, what was your thought, Brian, as far as, like, when you would think you would want to maybe get one? Um, I think for quite a while I've been thinking... I will wait until at least summer, okay. which probably sounds a little weird, or even like this time next year. Mm -hmm. um, just because, I don't know, I just don't feel any desperate need to, I mean, I want a couple of the games that are out, but I don't desperately want them. And so I figured um, I can wait and, you know, some of the quirks of the hardware will be worked out and... Um, maybe I'll be able to get a white deluxe set or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. And, and now I, I will say that if, if some, you know, amazing game is announced and comes out before summer, then I would maybe reconsider, but I kind of doubt it. I think like June is as early as I'm going to get it. I think almost <clears throat> part of the problem is that we are just now like, and I could be wrong, but I almost kind of feel like that Nintendo's hardware has always been kind of balanced between when the handheld comes out and when the console comes out. Yeah. But it almost kind of feels like the the 3DS is still new. And we're just hitting that point where a lot of the big 3DS games are starting to really hit. Yeah. So I almost kind of feel like my attention is just so much on the 3DS that so I can't even think about like a Wii U at this point. 
Yeah. I mean, in, in a way, I like that because it makes me think I don't need a Wii U because, like Anne and I have been talking to each other about, there are so many 3DS games coming out in the next six to eight months that right. yeah, I'm yeah. not going to have to worry about. I mean, I'm already buried in games that I can't play, so it's not, you know. Um, and it's just kind of weird in that, even you know, they're having a hard time in a way, selling the 3DS in the United States and then here they drop a new system on top of it. I just wonder sometimes, like, maybe they should go back to the days of where they had a few years between them so they could... Yeah, it almost feels like there should have been at least one more year of the 3DS being Nintendo's real focus yeah. until this came out. Um, so, Anne, how, how, have, how have you been feeling about the, the Wii U and any kind of desires to have one? Yeah, I'm pretty much as feeling the same way I did, you know, a month or two ago when we had all the Nintendo Directs that, you know, finally gave us some information. And uh, yeah, I've never really been that keen on it. And I actually went to a Wii U experience on Monday night here in Brisbane, so I got to hold it for the first time and play... um, uh, you know, new S- Super Mario Brothers U and the Nintendo Land, and I also tried Zombie U, and you know, they they were fun, they were cute, but none of it really grabbed me. So I didn't f- even playing with it. I don't feel like I'm any more interested than I was before, and I trace some of my kind of disinterest to the fact that. I only just bought my Wii last Christmas, <laughs> so I've only had my Wii for a year, so to me, even though it's not new, you know, I, I have a huge library of Wii games that I've accumulated and I've barely played any of them, so I don't feel compelled to jump on right away because I, I was so late to the Wii in the first place, you know? <laughs> so so what, what made you end up finally getting a Wii then at that late point? Oh, well, I'd always wanted one, and I was waiting for it to get really cheap, and it was finally at the price that I wanted it to be at, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I never really needed to get one before because I had friends back in the U.S. who had them, and so I would play on there. So I played a bunch of games, like I've played Mario Galaxy and uh, Zack and Wiki. I played with friends, uh, and then my mom bought one, so I played on hers, and then... I only just, when I moved here to Australia two years ago, was totally Wii-less. Even Sean's family actually has a Wii. So everybody has a Wii, but then when we moved out and, you know, it's just me and Sean, no Wii at all, I finally got to the point where I said I need <laughs> to have one, you know, in my house for me to play. So, yeah. And I, I'm really enjoying it. I've gotten a lot of games for very cheap, you know, because it's so late and it's life that everything's heavily discounted here. I got... Like trauma center for oh like two dollars brand new the other day you know wow. because all the shops are just you know putting the big red stickers on them and so i'm happily eating them all up you know buying everything so yeah that will keep me happy for uh, at least six months i can't i honestly can't see getting one no wii u before christmas next year i think so did you pay um because is it, is it is the Wii here in America now ninety nine dollars? Is that the price or am I? I don't remember. Oh, I have no idea the U.S. price. Yeah. So, do you know what about U.S. price you you paid for your Wii? Mm, well, mm, I think I paid a hundred and fifty Australian, which is probably maybe a hundred seventy U.S. 
dollars. Maybe uh, now with the exchange rate, it's about one for one, maybe so more like 150. But it came bundled with uh, Mario Kart and the wheel thing, and a copy of Just Dance 2 as well. So I got two games, <laughs> and so that was the that's the GameCube compatible model. So I bought it actually right before. Oh, okay. I think partially what spurred it was that they were phasing out the GameCube compatible ones, right. and I want to make sure I got that so I could play GameCube games because I never had a GameCube so yeah when they started bringing out those new bundles that didn't have the backwards compatibility I figured I better get one yeah so I guess looking at looking at Target right now um, it looks like 129 US is, is our current price oh, okay because that gets you the the standard Wii and then Wii Sports Resort and Wii Sports so hmm. oh that's pretty good yeah I see I, I guess if if I had to go back and buy one again, I think ninety nine to one hundred thirty might be the range where I would really consider it. I don't know much more than that because I I have this thing about Nintendo consoles where I just like I buy them and I end up buying like three games for them over the entire life. Because <laughs> uh, huh. yeah, I only I only have I think four or five Wii games. Oh, that's Wii. horrible! I've got yeah. at least ten, and <laughs> I've yeah. only had it a year. <laughs> What games do you have? I mean, is it just that they don't appeal to you, the games that have I come have, out? Or? I have The House of the Dead uh, Overkill. I have <laughs> Muramasa. Oh, okay. I have The Bit Trip Collection. Oh, what do I have? That's a strange collection. <laughs> I have Excite Truck. <laughs> I have Wii Fit. And then I uh uh xenoblade chronicles wow that's my week no no mario games (laughs) no see i i I hate mario so oh okay i don't really like mario either i feel better now everybody gets in my case i I can't i can't say i guess i hate mario because i did play the new super mario brothers 2 on the 3ds and I, i enjoyed that i just i don't i don't like mario as a character and i don't usually really overly enjoy his games i guess so hmm. so you're not alone no mm, good um <laughs> so like i said we, we we do have a wii at work and so we've been kind of playing it since we got that and i mean wii u and i i just feel that it's a really cool system for playing sitting down and playing with four other people like it's going to be a really fun party system i think but I just I don't know that I've really been sold by it yet as far as playing single player games mm. or playing less than five people. Huh. So yeah, I don't know. And and I, I wasn't I wasn't really gonna get one and I felt a little bit of that tinge of oh, it's a new console, I have to go out and get it. But I, I really don't think I'm gonna get one at least for a while to kind of see how it turns out. Um you know, it does it does some really interesting fun little things and it's it's fun to play around with, but I just don't feel like I need one. And kinda like as we mentioned, um there's just so much going on on the three DS right now that in terms of Nintendo hardware, I just can't even begin to think about thinking about the the Wii U. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And of course for all three of us, uh we have purchased <laughs> Nintendo systems recently every one of us on the show um, but those were instead the 3DS XL 
Now, the only one of us who actually has gotten theirs at this point <laughs> is Anne. Yeah. So, right. so what did you get, Anne? Well, I picked up the limited edition Animal Crossing New Leaf uh, branded 3DS XL that is oh so rare these days because the pre-order is completely sold out and um, yeah, so I got that from PlayAsia actually and pre-ordered it from them and got express shipping so it would come in five days after it was released on... I believe it was the 8th of this month is when it came out. It came, it simultaneously launched with the game Animal Crossing New Leaf um, in Japan. And yeah, then I got it the following week and I've been playing it obsessively ever since. And I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, playing on the XL has convinced me that I also want a North American 3DS XL. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, just, be, just to be clear, your, your Animal Crossing... XL yes, it, is Japanese. Yeah, Japanese. So it only plays Japanese games. So I'm playing Animal Crossing New Leaf in Japanese, where it's called Tobirase Dobutsu no Mori, but I'll call it New Leaf so we don't get confused. Um, but now, yeah. Now, was, was this the first time you'd ever used an XL? Um, I've seen them, and uh, because I run my uh, Street Pass group uh, monthly meetup, and some of the members have got an XL, so I played a little bit with theirs, but not extensively. So this was my first time really sitting down with it and putting some, you know, good time into it. And I found that I really enjoy it; that it really just fits well in my hands, and I like the bigger screen and. It just is very nice. So going back to the regular 3DS is a little bit jarring. It feels so small in comparison now. I think it and I I never owned a DSi XL, so I never really got to compare those two. But it it really is just so different, and I don't know that you're necessarily prepared for how different it is before you get it, hmm. because you know. They can say, oh, the screen's bigger. And you say, okay, the screen's bigger. That's cool. But you don't really understand just how much bigger it is until you get until you get in your hands. And it's just like, whoa, this is so different. And <laughs> it is really kind of hard to go back to the, the old 3DS. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's not necessarily that it feels like, I guess for me personally, maybe maybe you feel differently, but I ended up kind of feeling like the the XL was the real 3DS. Yeah, that's exactly what I would say. It feels like it should have been the one that came out first. That if I forget the regular 3DS and just this is the real one. <laughs> right. So so it's it's almost like it's not that the XL has a bigger screen; it's that the old 3DS has a smaller screen. <laughs> oh. It's kind of how how I feel mentally. Yeah. I can understand that. What about you, Brian? Have you actually played on one before, or are you just waiting? I haven't actually even seen one in the wild. Wow. I mean, like, when I go shopping, I don't really look in for some reason. You know, I buy all my games online, so I don't even, like, look in the game sections when I go shopping. Um, yeah, so I've never seen one. I don't, I'm totally unprepared. For the beauty that will <laughs> fall into my lap. Okay, so so so, what did you order, and how did you order it? You're asking me. Yes. So, well, I'm sure anyone who reads my blog already would understand this, but I 
uh, ordered the pink and white one from guilt.com. Um, no, no, just no, because no, no. as soon as it came out in Japan, I said, if that comes to the United States, I'm buying it. Had you ever so heard I, of guilt before this? Because I had never no, heard of No, no. I still find it kind of strange, actually, that it just popped out of nowhere. I don't know. On some random website that nobody's heard of. I haven't heard of it either. I made an account and everything, too, and I was going to order it, and then I just missed it. It was sold out. <laughs> but Well, and it's, it's really weird, too, because when you first go to the site, like, it doesn't even let you look at things without making an account. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, this seems like a really strange site, and I'd never heard of it. And why in the world is Nintendo deciding to release the pink and white only through guilt.com for some strange reason? Yeah. But so, so guilt had two bundles. So which bundle did you pick up? I went with the Professor Layton one because I already had trendsetters, yes. uh, style savvy. So... I didn't want to have to worry about like, oh, am I going to send my copy back or sell it? So I just, even though I don't really want Professor Layton, the deal was so good. Oh. I know, I know I shouldn't say it, but <laughs> the deal was so good that I bought it for cheaper than I would get the pink and white on its own. So who cares? So you got the same deal I got, right? Yeah. So so what we did was there was there was some sort of, it's, it's really funny because guilt.com has the 3DS in the babies and kids section. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they really have an actual full-on electronic section. Um, and they had this, this, what was it, like 20% off or $40 off coupon uh, for babies and kids stuff. So I don't know that this coupon was ever really meant to be able to be used with the 3DS. But it was, and so the the after you use the coupon, you got the 3DS XL pink and white, and either Style Savvy or Professor Layton for a hundred eighty one dollars shipped. Yeah, which that's a really good deal. <laughs> yeah. And then for 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 me, so I I ordered the exact same thing, and for me, um, I already have Style Savvy as a digital download. So I'm going to hopefully sell off the physical copy I get with this to kind of take the price down even more. So, huh. uh, good for you. But so, are, are are you are you excited to get your your XL, Brian? I am. I was really upset today when it didn't show up. Well, I mean, you know, not screaming and crying, yes. but I was uh, I was a little bummed because I had the I was like, oh, I'm gonna take half the day off and I'm gonna you know pop in some games and see what it looks like. So anyway, I guess I'll be doing that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Now now you know you can anticipate it for tomorrow. It's it, you'll have something to look forward to, and you have gotten it in time for the Thanksgiving holiday. Yes. Oh yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> so are are you a Professor Layton hater? Is that what you're saying, Brian? No, I actually, uh, I, I, I own the first three DS games, but the problem is, um, like, with each successive one, I play them less. <laughs> so I just kind of told myself I'm really not going to buy the 3DS ones uh, unless I finish the DS ones because it's getting ridiculous. That makes sense. So, But I, I, oh. I will say, though, that if, if and I, I, I will say I've, I've played all the DS ones, and there is kind of a little bit of a burnout you start to feel from the games. Yeah. Because kind of like I've been doing this over and over again. But the 3DS one really changes a lot of stuff. And so it really feels like a, a fresh game. Okay. So this might actually help get you kind of back into the series and 
into playing a game fully. Okay. So I'll, I'll be. And it, this one is like the start of the story too, right? So it's not like no. If I didn't finish the third one, I'm not missing no, anything. No, they did it in a really dumb way. So there's. They kind of did a Star Wars where the first three games were just Professor Layton, and then they decided to go back and do a prequel trilogy. But yeah. the first chapter of the prequel trilogy was the last DS game. Oh, right. So this game is part two of the prequel <laughs> trilogy, which they really should have just made the previous game for 3DS. That way they could have had the entire prequel trilogy on the 3DS. Yeah, but they didn't. They made the first chapter of that on the the last DS game. Okay. So, I mean, but you don't you don't really have to have to have played. Yeah. The game before. No. But I'll g- I'll give it a go. <laughs> nice. Um. So what else is going on? So you you mentioned this. I mentioned that there's a little game called Style Savvy Trendsetters. Uh, now. And at this point, have you played Style Savvy? No, I've only played the demos. I mean, I know what it's all about, but yeah, I don't own it, unfortunately. Okay. So, Brian, you've played a little bit of this. So tell me real quick what you've been thinking about Style Savvy. Because I, from, from what I remember, we talked before about style games, and I or us together actually convinced you to get the, the DS version. Yep, you, and I did. You did not own that. <laughs> And 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 which is that I have yet to play it. <laughs> I uh, I just need to stop buying. You could just but, waited. Um, so I bought Trendsetters just because I liked how the DS one looked and I liked the sound. Of, you know, everybody raved about it. Um, so I bought the I bought Trendsetters and I'd never I've never played one of these fashion games. So I was kind of um, coming into it new, and I really like it. I mean, I will say it has slowed down for me in that. Um, like I played it a lot the first week Mm -hmm. and then I feel like it slowed down and then I got Paper Mario and now I'm playing that, but, um, I'm enjoying it so far. It's interesting and it's unique and it's cute. I'm wondering if it's going to, if something else is going to open up because I feel like it's already starting to become a little repetitive. Um, that was the problem with the original game and, um, I've not gotten far enough into the trendsetters to see kind of how it how it changes yeah it's it's kind of what i think i ended up feeling was it's kind of a game that you just sit down with for an hour one day and play some more of it's not the kind of game you can really sit there and play for hours and hours and hours yeah yeah because it does kind of you get just a feeling that like you're doing the same thing over and over again so you really have to come back it's it's a very casual game you have to kind of come back to it and just spend a little time with it and then go away and then come back to it yeah um but yeah, if you try to power through it, it you're you're not going to end up enjoying it as much. <laughs> and I am enjoying it. I think, like I I even thought for me it might be a game where I just play it for like a half hour, you know, a couple times a week, um, just to like check in and do some things. But I do like. I mean, it presents everything in a very unique way. Well, for someone who hasn't played a kind of game like that before, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's very charming. Um, and the writing is witty and funny, and um, I don't know. I really like it. I think people should give it a try. Although I do think this is maybe one of those games that if you're into digital downloads, it might be the way to go. So it's always on the 3DS as opposed to trading it out. Yeah, because I got uh, Style Savvy, the Crosswords game, and the Art Academy game all digitally. Oh. So it's 
it's I, I never I never really initially intended to kind of get that heavy into digital games on the 3DS, but kind of like you're, what you're saying is these are they're they're games like that are kind of nice just to have on there, so that you don't have to worry about having a cartridge and you can just open it up without fiddling with that, and you can leave the cartridge slot for like the bigger kind of you know more expansive games. Yeah. So. Have you gotten to the point yet where you're dealing with um, men's fashion as well? Um, you know, I don't think I can buy men's fashion yet. So, no. I mean, it's funny. I've played it for like six or seven hours, but I think I just opened up the ability to um, like trade shops online right. with people or, you know, open up my shop online. Right. And they keep throwing men at me, but I, I don't feel like I've actually dressed one yet <laughs> <laughs> so let me so um that's interesting then so do you um i should have a word this are are you looking forward to that the option of the men's fashion being in there as well or do you not feel like that's something that you need to enjoy the game i wouldn't care if it was in there or not <laughs> personally because it's just been interesting because I've, I've, it's been interesting to see people who um, – there are some people I've seen who are, like, finally interested in the game because it does have men's fashion. Huh. But then you have people like mm. me who just I – don't, I don't care. That's not, that's not why I come to it, you know. So, I thought yeah. the men's no, fashion I mean, was, like, such a small aspect of the game anyway. Like, that it wasn't even on par with the amount of female fashion there was. Is oh, that, yeah. Do no, you I'm, know I'm, if that's I'm true sure. or not? I don't know for certain, but I'm, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's a smaller part of the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what what is your favorite clothing type in the game? <laughs> oh, let me think. Okay, I like. Uh, oh, I don't know if I can remember the names though. I kind of like the like. Um, I want to remember what I can't even remember the style. Kind of like the city, um, stylish and sleek, but not. Um, does that make sense? Like, one of them starts with an A. Uh, there's there's Oz Usa. It's like A Z USA yes. kind of thing. I think that's kind of my my thing. Which it's it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny. And I mean, I don't know Anne how much you know about Japanese fashion, but it's it's mm-hmm. interesting playing this game, at least for me, because I I know what a lot of the the actual real life brands are that they're kind of mimicking. Yeah, because oh. yeah. cause there's there's the one that is kind of like what you might think of being like an old navy. It's like you know uh, uh, fashionable yet yet inexpensive kind of stuff. Yeah, which is um, this brand called or this store called Uni- Uni- Uniqlo in Japan. Um, and then like the different ones, you know, there's the gothic stuff and the the what they call princess which is lolita fashion in japan and so it's 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 funny seeing all these different brands and kind of knowing like what or having some idea of what they're referring to yeah um but yeah no you know i think it's a really fun little game it's it's cute it's charming it it like you're saying it definitely is a game that you can't come into and expect to play in really long sessions yeah but it's 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 fun as a, as a casual kind of title and it, I love the art style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, I will say one thing I find very interesting about the game and, and recommending it is that even though I do think it's a great game and I do recommend it, I still, there's like a, a portion, a large portion of the gaming community that I would love to just, I'd love to see what your average 
straight guy who likes playing shooters. I mean, I, I just can't imagine that person enjoying it, even though it's a really good game, just because it is... I don't know if I should, but it's very girly. I mean, is, yes. you do have to be able to accept that about the game and enjoy it. So, I don't know. I, I sometimes am a little worried about recommending it because no, I think people are going to say, you thought, you told me it was going to be something different. No, it's tough because I, I think that people can't expect it to be like a, like a, uh, I'm trying to say like a, uh, like you're running a store kind of simulator. I mean, yeah. because you kind of are, but fashion is such a big part of it. And yep. the whole concept, like, like if you have no concept of what looks good together, I mean, you can, you can fake it, but you're not going to get enjoyment from the game like you would if you're actually having fun thinking, okay, you know, this top, what kind of skirt would this go with, you know, and what shoes would go with that kind of thing. Like, yeah. if you're not in that at all, you're, you're going to be missing a huge chunk of the game. Yeah, and I think maybe that's what I meant was by so many people online seem to um, talk up the ability to manage the store and all of the sim elements of it. And it is true, but in the end, you do have to enjoy dressing women. Right. <laughs> if you don't, if you find that unappealing, you're not going to like the game, I don't think, unless you're just open-minded or I don't know. So people should be a little warned about that. But <laughs> Yeah, because because before I mentioned that game Pop Cutie on the DS, um, but like in that game, that w is much more focused focused towards the managing the, sh the shop, and huh. while fashion is a big part of that game, it's it's nowhere near what style savvy is. It's just more about okay, uh, you know, pick certain clothing items, put them in your store, and sell them, and stuff like that. Whereas this is this is more about actually knowing fashion and enjoying fashion and enjoying putting together outfits and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it it makes me. And I hate this, but it makes me want to work retail. Like, <laughs> it makes me feel, feel my heart like, oh, horrible. I'm having so much, like, I'm having so much fun because these people come to my shop and I, I'm putting together outfits and they leave so happy and they're happy <laughs> and I'm happy and I'm, I'm improving the world like one person at a time. It's just so much fun. I want to go do this for real. And, you know, my brain's like, no, that's not how real <laughs> life works. Do they have the mean uh, you know, customers in Style Savvy that will like never be happy no matter what you do for them? <laughs> I don't. I don't really think so. Oh, see, it's, see it's painting such yet. a bright picture yes. of retail experiences. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely like. Well, I mean, you can disappoint them, but I think even when you disappoint them, they're really not all that. You know, it's more like, oh, you, that's not quite what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean they just won't buy it at all? Like, or will they? They're not going to buy it and be like, "Well, this is okay, I guess." No, I've had at least one person not buy my thing. Oh. <laughs> so, have you done? Because, I want to hear if you two have done the. There's the fashion contest, right? Where you're actually like putting a model on the runway and competing against the other models. And I did that demo, uh, they downloaded the fashion contest demo, and I had to do it about five times before I got first place, and I was really disappointed because I was so proud of my coordinates, and I thought they were so good and so trendy, and then they'd be like third place, you know, and they tell me all the things that I did wrong. So I'm curious if you think that your sense of style or lack of translates into the game realistically or if you think you have to kind of you know cheat the game like you know what the game thinks looks good so you do that even though that might not be something you personally <laughs> think looks good you know what i mean 
You uh, here? How would I go first? Um, first of all, I haven't actually opened that up in the game yet. I mean, they keep talking about that I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm going to manage some kind of uh, runway show soon, but it hasn't happened yet. Oh, okay. So I don't actually, and I didn't do the demo, so I don't know what it's like. But I will say I've had at least one experience where, like, they keep point pressuring you in the game to like wear something cute from the store and then go downtown and walk around and people will come up to you and say things and um after i'd finally like accrued a good number of outfits or, or pieces i put together an outfit that i thought was really cute and you know most of them you do feel like you have to kind of use um similar brand names um anyway so i kind of mixed and matched but i thought it's still really went well together and I started downtown and the woman, you know, I can't remember what she said, but the photographer said something that was like, oh, why don't you come back when you, <laughs> you're more coordinated? And I was like, uh, as if. Wow. <laughs> so, That's so mean. Um, anyway. Yeah, I, I I played them back in the DS version. I have not gotten them yet in the 3DS version, so I'm not really sure oh, how that okay. changes. There, There is kind of, you know, that's going to be the unfortunate part of any game like this is there is some sort of basic programming to it right of course and i mean because the way the game works is you have you have fashion types and then you have brands um so a fashion type can be like like bold cute sassy Mm -hmm. gothic stuff like princess stuff like that you know where then brands are actually like the actual company brands and so there is some level of okay certain brands you know go together certain types of clothing go together um, you know, if, if you're looking for like a business outfit, you, you can, you can go for, uh, you know, feminine or sophisticated and those can kind of both work. So there is some, so a little bit of math that goes in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're kind of, you know, there are times when you're like, okay, this looks really cute and this works really great together. And then the game's just like, no, 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 <laughs> you're dumb. No, no, this is, this is, this is terrible. And you feel so dejected because you, you feel like you did something really you know, put together a really nice outfit and the game just rejects it right out. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, before we move on, there's one thing I want to kind of touch on because, you know, Brian, you're talking about the kind of femininity of this game and this this, this may get into like just complete stereotypes in, in terms of gender, but it's it's kind of interesting when you play a game like this because I think one of the reasons why I like Style Savvy is the whole game's just about making people happy and that's how you win it's it's like the Mm. game is 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 just like you know i'm gonna make you feel better about yourself by by finding you a good outfit that looks good on you you're gonna feel better i'm gonna feel better because my store's making more money and stuff like that it's like it's all positive where you know i i again this might be stereotyping things but if this was like a guy's game it would be about you know you have to be the the best store there and you have to crush your competition you know yeah. it's it's so it's so interesting sometimes to see like just the how different games targeted those different two different segments end up being um because it reminds me of this online service uh in japan where you log on and you you have your little character and it's it's this site's all about fashion and you can dress your character up and everything and then you can actually post photos of your real life fashions and it's all about sharing your photos with other people and, and saying how much you like other people's stuff. And it's it's all about this positive reinforcement. Hmm. Can I Whereas, jump in and ask if that's yes. called poupée? 
It is indeed, yes. Yes, I have oh. a Poupe account myself. Yes. I did not know that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but no, like, like it, it really kind of resonated with me when I was using that site before because it's just the entire site is all about let's come together and, you know, kind of empower each other in, in our love of fashion and our love of clothing and things like that. Whereas, like I said, if this was a guy's game, it would definitely be more about, you know, you have to be the, the, the best store out there and you have to beat your competition. And there's, there's no like kind of that kind of thing. I mean, there, there is in terms of the, the fashion shows and stuff. But outside of that, the entire way you win at style savvy is by making other people happy. Yep. And it's nice to have games that are kind of like that, that are, that can be fun, but not be about, you know, beating somebody. Yeah, anyway, I agree. Anyway, um, we have other news. Uh, what else has happened? We launched. We talked about that. Um, Deadly Premonition. Have either of you played that before? I have. I have not, but I'm very excited for what news you're going to be talking about. So I'll let you. <laughs> I'll let you say it, and then I'll chime in. <laughs> well, so so be real quick, Brian. Did, did you did you like what you played of it? Yes. Okay. Very much. Good. So Deadly Premonition was this this game uh, created by this Japanese uh, director named Swery. And it when it came out, it came out in America. In the, we only got the Xbox 360 version, and it came out for $20. And if, if, if you didn't take the time or if you weren't able to appreciate what it was doing, it seemed like it completely just... B grade open world action adventure kind of game that was a rip off of Twin Peaks. <laughs> uh, but, but it was this game that kind of was um, a, a sandbox game, which Japanese developers usually really don't try to do sandbox games. So that, that was very interesting for, in, in that regard. And it was just this, this kind of character drama where <clears throat> all of the gameplay elements themselves weren't necessarily perfected or polished, but what the game did with characters and storytelling was just so fascinating and so engrossing. And it just was so such a wonderful little game. And it kind of became this huge kind of cult classic uh, where people either thought it was just total garbage and didn't even want to try it, or they absolutely loved it. And we never did get the PS3 version, but... Back at GDC this year, and I actually, I actually kind of helped break this news. Uh, I'm forgetting his first name, Wada, the the uh, oh. Yasuhiro Wada, the creator of Harvest Moon. So he was doing a talk on Harvest Moon, and he's friends with Swery, and he just kind of, just out of the blue, mentioned that Swery was working on some new scenarios for Deadly Premonition. And after the his talk was over. I went up to uh, to Wada and I was kind of like, "Wait, what? What are you talking about?" And what he announced, said to me, and then came, kind of came on the news was the fact that uh, Swery was working on a a director's cut version of Deadly Premonition. So that is coming to America, and I wish I had the date for that uh, date announced. When is the date coming out? It is coming out as the internet loads. Um, <laughs> Uh, do 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 do. Where, oh my God! Where's the date? It said well, there's a date. Said uh, March. March something, right? Yes. 
Yes, March something. Um, so March of next year, we are getting a director's cut version of the game for the PS3. And only for the PS3. Yes, because only for the PS3. that's good because I didn't play it since I don't have a 360. So that's my chance. I've been yes. waiting for this. <laughs> you should get it. I will. Yeah, I've been waiting after everything I've heard, but I I don't have any knowledge of Twin Peaks as a reference. Now, do, do you, are you familiar with Twin Peaks, Brian? Is that partially like where your enjoyment of it came from, or not really? No. And it's funny because Twin Peaks is totally my kind of thing, but I've never watched it. I don't know anything about it. I mean, I know a few things about it, but um, so no, I don't know the story. So it's all new to me. Oh, <laughs> and okay. I still enjoyed it. Okay, well, that's good then. That I was worried that maybe some of that people that really loved it and loved it because they also knew Twin Peaks and I don't have that frame of reference. So No, no, I was actually in the exact same boat um, as Brian. I... I I know I mean because there's some things you couldn't help but know about Twin Peaks but right. other than that I've never seen it I keep meaning to sit down and watch it but I have not yet. Um, oh, okay. So so I knew enough to know that some of W Permission was kind of riffing on Twin Peaks but I did not know enough to really say okay this is that this is that this is mm. that yeah okay it's just it's just a really crazy surreal. Uh, charming fun little game that is it's so hard to explain it sometimes hard to explain why it's it's so enjoyable it's just <laughs> it's one of these games that the characters really make the game and and the story makes the game and and even and and you know we'll have to see like how the gameplay is because supposedly they're going to be working on fixing some of the problems or issues people had with the original version of it so yeah but, that will be interesting was, that's what i was going to ask about yeah, because because one issue with the original obviously is the shooting action, and I think the the driving. Although I didn't really care about the driving, but the sh- I'm I'm not a good uh, shooter game person anyway, <laughs> so it can be a little trying for me. But I still really liked the game. Yeah, the well, shooting shooting was a little rough, and uh, so the game. You know, you're basically in a small town America. You know, so you you get in a car and you just drive around town, and so if you have to go somewhere else, it's it's you know think about. Like Grand Theft Auto, but just like out in a rural town. So there's parts where there's just nothing going on. You know, you're kind of driving around. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm very excited for that. And and it's it's that's certainly a niche game, so it definitely fits in this podcast. Um, so I'm supposed to talk about Kojima. It says in the show notes here. Yeah, we want to hear all about your recent trip to Japan. I don't know how exciting it was, but yeah. So I I kind of very very like very last minute ended up flying to Tokyo a couple weeks ago because I got a chance to interview Hideo Kojima uh, some some Metal Gear guy or something <laughs> uh, and it was it was a really interesting because this was like an actual like sit down and talk to him for 70 minutes kind of interview wow. uh, for work and it was it was pretty I don't I don't know like like I, Kojima's one I mean He's, you know, one of the biggest names in Japanese gaming. So obviously it's a hugely awesome thing to get to do. But he's not one of those kind of people that I totally get starstruck by. So it's kind of like, oh, hey, cool. Hideo Kojima, nice to meet you, you know. Let's sit and talk <laughs> about stuff. But So I wasn't kind of like really freaked out. Like I, I had a chance um, earlier this year to meet uh, Akira Yamaoka, 
who you know did start off doing the music for Silent Hill and then did some of the directing of the games and stuff like that. And he's done some other things. And when I met him, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it's 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 a cure, oh my god, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but he did was like, oh, this is cool. I get to meet you know the Metal Gear guy, you know. And but what was funny was part of what we talked about was the fact that he doesn't like being the Metal Gear guy. Oh. You know, he wants people oh. to kind of know him for more than that. Um, and his first love was movies. So he wanted to actually make movies and then he got into gaming. And of course, some people are like, well, they can tell because his games are always <laughs> loaded with cutscenes and talking and crazy plots and stuff, you know? Um, but no, it was, it was a really, it was really a lot of fun. And we got to do the interview at, um, the executive lounge for, or the, the, lounge for the konami executives like only the execs get to go to this lounge hmm. so we went in there and there was a bar set up and everything and we sat there for a while and talked to him and, and stuff and it was a lot of fun and, but it, it was a very i mean it was literally i flew over there i was there for three days i flew back but what uh. was actually really interesting that was not kojima related was um it just so happened this this ended up happening on halloween and Typically, like, Halloween hasn't really been a big deal in Japan. It's been a very Western holiday, you know. And for for Westerners who are living in Japan, they might do small little things for Halloween. But it's never really been a Japanese holiday. But when I went to TGS this year and I went shopping around on my off days, I kind of noticed the fact that I was seeing shops that had, like, Halloween decorations. <laughs> and that really, really tripped me out because I had never in my life seen that in Japan. Like when I lived there, I mean, there was like nothing like that. And I was like, this is this is just weird. Like it felt to me like all of a sudden there was Halloween stuff. So then I, I go back for this Kojima interview and it falls directly on Halloween. I, I get I get in Japan on the 29th, so basically two days before Halloween. And from that day until Halloween, I saw so many Japanese people running around in costumes. Huh. It was really bizarre because I had never seen that and I had never seen Japanese people really get into it. And you kind of would think they would because, you know, the whole cosplay thing and everything. But it was really cool seeing all these people dressed up. And it was it was fun kind of seeing like what the Japanese love to do costume wise, you know, versus like America. Because like I saw a whole lot of Alice in Wonderlands. Huh. I saw a whole lot of uh, um, uh, Snow Whites. I saw one Lady Gaga with the uh, the one she has the the caution tape wrapped around her. And that's all she's wearing. <laughs> huh. Yeah, so I I saw a Japanese girl going out like that. Um, of course, you know the sexy nurse, the sexy sexy police, the miniskirt police, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So it was it was it was really a lot of fun. It was it was bizarre as a foreigner to see Japan embracing Halloween, but it was also really cool to see that happening. Huh. Um, so that was like, like, for me, that was like the most exciting thing that happened during the trip was just getting to kind of experience Japanese Halloween. And I talked to somebody who lived there and he was telling me that, that, you know, he was surprised because he said that this year was really the first time it got as big as it had gotten. Hmm. So, so it was a lot of fun. And uh, a few other quick things in our little news section here. So there's a system called the Vita. Sony's kind of, <laughs> Sony's kind of forgotten it's out there. 
So if you've forgotten it's out there, don't don't feel too bad. Uh, but there have been some major game announcements happening recently. Unfortunately, they've all been happening for the PSP mm. and not the Vita. Just like today, Sega announced seven, Seventh Dragon 2022. And that's coming to the P- PSP. Just like, like at this point, Japanese companies announcing new games for the PSP. I, I, that's, that's, I, I feel so bad for the Vita. <laughs> and even stranger in the time that we've, between when we did our last podcast and this podcast, there have been five new PSP games announced for release in North America. Mm. Which that's even weirder because at least in Japan the PSP is still selling and it's still a, a viable system. Like here it's like just dead. It's buried, you know. The corpse is rotting already. <laughs> uh, speaking of corpses, one of the, one of the games announced, and this is near and dear to my heart, is Corpse Party Book of Shadows, which is a, is the the follow up to last year's uh, PSP horror game Corpse Party. We are getting another Generations of Chaos game, Generations of Chaos Pandora's Reflection. We are getting Carnage Heart Exa, which this is another another really strange release um, because this is a very, very hardcore kind of you make little mechs and then program them oh. to do stuff kind of game. So not even like a, a get in a giant mech suit and fight. This is like actual like programming of robots. Yeah, it looks very, mm. very technical from what I yes. saw. Like, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Go on. No. Uh, we just today got Elmenage Original, which is a new uh, first-person 3D dungeon crawler. And again, bizarre. Especially for what it is, we are getting Hakuoki <laughs> Warriors of the Shinsengumi. Now, of course, Hakuoki last year was... This year. To- was it this year? Yeah, February yeah. of this year. Wow. God, I thought it was I thought it was last year. Yeah. No. Wow. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know it was, was that, that recently. Okay, so that yeah. so this year, earlier this year yeah. we got Hakuoki, which was of course an Otome game. Uh a a which is um it's not a digital comic, it's a visual novel uh game that was intended and directed towards a female audience. But Hakuoki Warriors of the Shinsengumi is actually going to be an action game, which, like, I, like, I mean, Anne, like, what do you feel about this announcement? Because this is this this kind of seems like it's weird because they mentioned they were going to bring Otome Games to America. They their first try was Hakuoki. It seemed to do okay. It seemed to you know kind of kind of catch on a little bit, and then as a follow up to that, they kind of release an action game from that series. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings about this. <laughs> I Tell us a lot of feelings. Yeah. Well, I was never really that excited about Hakuoki per se, because it's not one of my favorite Otome games, but I said, okay, Axis, you know, give it a shot, that's fine. But, yeah, I'm confused by this, because I thought they were using Hakuoki to gauge whether or not they thought Otome games specifically could be successful in a Western market. And... If they did feel it was successful, then why aren't they bringing out more Otome games? Uh, there are right. other Hakuoki games that are visual novels and not action. 
And so, supposedly this one isn't. Supposedly this game isn't all that good. Yeah, right. And it's like the Musou style of games. So it's like these dynasty warriors or the uh, samurai warriors. And yeah, it's not even a very good one. And <laughs> I mean, I think there are there are a number of Otome game fans that would like to play it just because they want to see their favorite Shinsengumi guy, you know, fighting and doing all of his cool stuff. But it just I think it's gonna turn off some of the Otome game fans, and maybe that they want to try to get a bigger audience that that would see the action game and say, "Okay, I'm gonna try that action game." And then it turns out that they really like the characters or whatever, and then maybe they would go in to try the visual novel, which they wouldn't have done otherwise. But I just think it's a very strange move, and. It's disappointing because I thought if Hakuoki did well, that would be proof that Otome games will do well. And so we should release more, you know, of these visual novels. But instead, they're releasing an action game that I don't know how many people really want anyway. I don't want it. I mean, I mean, I do. I'm happy to play it, but I didn't really. I wasn't asking for it, you know. So <laughs> yeah. it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's really, really weird decision. Yeah. Um... Brian, do you have any feelings on PSP games coming over here? Uh, well, actually, I've been... I'm interested in... Um, is it Elmenage? I don't even know how to pronounce yes. it. Um, and I, I was, like, all set to buy it today. I was waiting all day for it to come onto PSN. And then, like, in between the time that I was waiting, I read some fairly disheartening comments about it from people ah. who finally had played it. So now I'm kind of on the fence. I'm going to wait. Basically, that the localization sucks and it's messy and really confusing. So oh, we'll see. Yeah, who did the localization anyway? It's not one of the big name companies, is it? No. Well, I don't know who did it. I mean, the company that's releasing it is UFO. I yeah. think UFO Interactive or something. Yeah, no, I've never heard of which, them. <laughs> which I think they're like, aren't they known for kind of, uh, well, cheap? You know, like ten dollar. Yeah, they're. It's it's this is a really really weird pickup for them. They're I think yeah. they're kind of one of those companies that typically they they do a lot of like I don't mean to say shovelware but shovelware you yeah. know, or like <laughs> licensed stuff. But then every now and then they will pick up like a really like niche Japanese game to release because they've done it a few times. Like I don't remember what else they've done, but I know they've done a couple where like it was um, just really really bizarre just. Games that you would not think would come over here that they 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 decided to bring. Huh. So. Well, this one I was looking forward to it because I like wizardry like games or you know uh, that kind of game. But you know, people saying you know what does this do? I don't even you know they would have certain terms or so you know like what does this option do? I can't even tell what it does because of the word they used. And I think oh, it's already supposed to be a fairly difficult game, so. Uh, we'll see. And and I should say I'm also, well, I'm excited about the whole um, Seventh Dragon game, but I'm still, I'm bitter that the DS version wasn't localized. And it was so, so it was so pretty too. I always wanted that game to come over here. I know, and yeah. I I've been warned away from trying to play it as someone who doesn't know Japanese, so I'm not buying it. But. Yeah, so, so for example, what other games uh, UFOs released, they've released uh, Balloon Pop Festival, 
uh, Chuck E. Cheese's Arcade Room, <laughs> Johnny Kung Fu, and uh, Samurai G. Huh. So, but they said every now and then they just pick up. Oh, they also released Puka Power Up and Smart mm-hmm. Girls Playhouse Party. <laughs> so, said, but every now and then they will just pick up some really obscure Japanese game and release it over here. Um, before we move on to our final news story, the kind of talking about um, Hakoki reminded me of something that I wanted to, to mention earlier. So in in playing style savvy, I think one of the, the downsides of the game is that like every girl that comes in that you're going to be, you know, selling clothes to and helping dress up or, or all these all these cute, skinny, fashionable girls, you know, and and. You know, it's it's like the game isn't really as challenging as it could be because you know they're they they've already you know fairly far in in the looking cute category. You don't have to do help help them really much. I think what Nintendo should do next is make a styles heavy game based on Fujoshi. <laughs> so now, Anne, what 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 is that? word that I just used. Well, I feel like you're kind of insulting me right now, actually. You're saying I'm not very stylish by (laughs) mentioning Fujoshi, but, um, well, okay. I guess (laughs) Fujoshi, well, some people have different definitions for Fujoshi, but my definition is uh, a female fan of boys love and uh, slash or yaoi. Um, some people just consider it to be more a general female otaku type term. You know, somebody who just lo- really loves anime and manga and, you know, has a room full of, you know, action figures or something. But uh, yeah, anyways, a, a nerdy lady. Yes. And, 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 and us in the West might say like, like might think of like a, a cat lady, you know, yeah, somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody who somebody who has like no fashion sense, no boyfriend, kind of sits at home in sweatpants and 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 dirty t-shirts, you know. So I think that's what Nintendo should do for their next style heavy game. I go out there and and save all of the the poor Fujoshi that that are all around Japan, and and turn them turn turn them from into princesses, you know. Maybe they're working on it right now. Yeah. Nintendo, you can use that idea for free. I, 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 I. <laughs> uh, and finally, um, Chulip. I don't know. Do 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 we all know what Chulip is? I do. Yeah. This very 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 bizarre PS2 game that involves you kissing a lot of people. <laughs> um, what was it? the The creator also made was it Gift Pia, and the Mosquito um, Game wasn't Mister Mosquito. Is Did you make that same? too? Yeah, so it's 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 really really niche um, Japanese kind of and like the 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 easiest way I could explain to people is kind of like it's 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 a little bit like Animal Crossing, not really, but that's the closest I can I can get to saying something that a lot of people would know. Yeah, you're kind of just like living in the city, and and it's kind of like, it's more about how you interact with the characters around you versus killing stuff or finding stuff or things like that. Um, but that Tulip has gotten re-rated by the ESRB for the PS2 and PS3, which kind of makes it sound very likely that it will be coming as a digital download huh. to the PS3's uh, PS2 Classic service. 
I have to say that like I, I think there I think Sony's PS One efforts in, in terms of digital downloads has kind of been hit and miss, but I think they've been doing a really good job of trying to go out there and get these super niche, obscure games that were on the PS Two that kind of like are nearly impossible to find now yeah. to offer up on the, on, the, on their store. It's cool. Yeah. And Tulip is definitely one of those games that probably a lot of people haven't played, but it's gotten a lot of press, I mean, or, or word of mouth. So it's probably a good choice. I mean, a lot of people probably download it just because they've heard of it. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's going to be 10 bucks, you know, like $10 to try this crazy game. Um, not too many was the original uh, publisher here in America. Hmm. And, oh, it's uh, Yoshi, Yoshiro Kimura. Yeah, I, I, I met him at GDC. Oh, uh, he also worked on a few other kind of interesting games. So, And now I think it is time for cheerleading. And Anne is going to kick us off for that. Oh, is this a permanent setup that I go first? <laughs> I feel like I'm always going first. It's something called the alphabet. This week you know? I'm going to talk about Dokuro which is a uh, PSN download for the PS Vita, and it's a cute little Japanese game that was recently released. Uh, it's a, I guess we would call it a puzzle platformer, and uh, the aim of the game is to escort a princess um, safely out of a castle. She's been captured by uh, I guess a demon king I think the demon king wants to make her his bride and the um, the demon king has a few skeleton minions and one of these minions uh, seemingly falls in love with the princess himself and decides that he's going to rescue her so he breaks her out of the castle and they're trying to make their way to safety and so you control the the skeleton and um, there are lots of puzzles and obstacles and you have to push them and pull them and carry the princess and you know just make sure that she gets to the end of the level and uh, I really like it because uh, the puzzles are very short like it almost feels kind of like an I don't want to compare it to an iOS game but in the brevity of the each level really feels like you know it's so bite-sized it's something you can pick up and play and you might beat one level in two minutes and then you can put it down and feel like yeah you know I accomplished one thing today you know but um so yeah you can I think there are 10 levels in each area and there are quite a few different areas I think they said there are maybe 120 different levels in total and I haven't finished it yet myself but they get quite hard and the nice thing about that is that even though they're hard they have a skip function so for people like me who really suck at puzzles (laughs) you get really frustrated doing the same one over and over again you can uh, skip up to 10 I believe and then it will just have like a incomplete mark on your main level selection screen so you know you've skipped that one and you can go back and redo it whenever you want so it's quite nice and it's very charming and you know the ps vita isn't doing so hot these days but i definitely think it's a good um exclusive that you know anybody looking for a good vita title should definitely pick it up yeah it's it's i I put a little bit of it at uh, tgs it's really cute it's it's got it's kind of like almost like a uh a chalkboard kind of graphical style to it. Mm. Um, some, some of the puzzle things are, are, are fun and 
just the whole interaction between your character and the princess is is really cute a lot of the time. So yeah, no, I I I think I haven't played very much of it, but I I thought it was really adorable. And I want to get to it at some point. So yeah, it's definitely it's cute, and I like that. You know, the just everything about it feels different. You know, they have it has a very unique art style, a very unique way that it's going to tell the story. There's very little dialogue, but the skeleton character doesn't even talk, but it just reminds you of kind of some, you know, an older animated movie where the they have very exaggerated gestures and you just know that he's sad because his shoulders are slumped over and he's walking dejectedly <laughs> or something. You know, it's just very charming and everything. Yep. Yep. Brian? <laughs> well, my game is, I'll give the full title just because it's Magical Whip. Uh, Wizards of the Phantasmal Forest for uh, DSiWare, which you can now get on the 3DS eShop. And basically, it's a bubble bobble clone, I guess. Um, takes place over two screens. Um, and it's just really cute. I mean, like, it has some issues, but it's only a $2 game, so it's easy to overlook. I mean, um, you know, the backgrounds are repetitive, um, the music is just okay, but I don't know. I just, I find the sprite work itself to be cute, and I like, there's a juggling aspect of the gameplay where you, like, pick up one enemy and throw it at another, and then when you hit the other one, it kind of pops up into the air, and if you grab that one, um, and you keep doing that, like, throw it at another enemy and grab it, um, you become more and more powerful every time you do that. And uh, so you can actually get to a boss and like take out the boss in one hit because you're so powerful. Um, anyway, so I think it's, if, if you're into that kind of game, uh, or even if you're just curious about it, I think it's a good pickup for two bucks. Now, <laughs> did you play this on your 3DS or on a DSi? Do I have it? No, which, which system did you play it on? The, the DSi uh, or the 3DS? 3DS. Do you have a DSi currently? I don't. I just have a DS Lite and 3DS. So I guess my, my kind of hesitation has been, like, on the XL, it's fixed because the screen's big enough that you can run an original resolution mode. Mm. And it, it, it's back basically the same size as the DS Lite was. But my hesitation's been, like, I haven't purchased DSiWare lately because I feel like I'd rather play them on the D, DS versus the 3DS. Yeah, because kind of the upscaling. I would normally be that way. I I mean, um, I don't know. I just haven't found it to be an issue yet with the few DSiWare games that I've downloaded. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they still look okay for me, but um, I can understand that. I'm usually that way too. How How did you find this game? I don't remember. I swear, I remember when it uh, came out, reading about it for some reason. I think it's because I was looking to pick up a DSi and trying to come up with excuses to buy one. Um, so I just remember, you know, oh, Bubble Bubble Clone, and I'm always into that kind of game. So, because <laughs> I that's kind of one of the problems with like DSi where stuff like that is like there's a lot of really fun, interesting games on that service. But it's it's so hard for you to know unless you just somehow found out about them. Yeah, and especially now on the eShop, I mean, unless it's like a really top DSiWare game, that you probably have to know the name and search for it to right. find anything. I would guess. Yep. 
So. Well, uh, there is a little game that came out today called Persona 4 Golden. <laughs> and I have been playing that. This is an updated Vita version of Persona 4, which was one of the final major PS2 games to come out in North America. Uh, the original game, I ended up putting in around 120 hours to beat it. Wow. Uh, the Persona games are a little bit long. And if if you've heard anything about Persona but aren't familiar with it, what, one of the things you might have heard is that it's 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 said to be a Japanese RPG mixed with dating simulator. And what it really is is you know, you typically have your Japanese RPGs and you and, and you fight stuff and you go to cities and you meet new characters and they go in your party and stuff like that. Well, what Persona 3, the game before, really did different was it put an emphasis on really learning more about the characters in your party and the characters that you kind of interact with through the course of the story. And it created these things called social links. So, for example, you know, you have like your, let's say your best, your best male friend on, on, on the team that you're, you're, you're with. You can then do things with that character throughout the game. Like you can specifically schedule time to be with your friend and, and hang out. And doing that lets you learn more about that character on a personal level. And by learning more about that character on a personal level, your, your bond grows grows stronger and when your bond grows stronger their power gets stronger in terms of what they can do to help you as a teammate um so it's, it's just a really fascinating game because it it really asks you to kind of invest in the characters that are around you invest in the city that you're you're in because so often rpgs are about you know go to this town meet a meet, meet these characters deal with them for maybe like 15 minutes and then move on to the next town where this is really about creating those relationships uh you know really getting to know your, your location you know i hate to go back to it again but like an animal crossing animal crossing the entire game is about meeting the people in that in, in in your little community finding out who they are you know becoming friends with them and building up your city that's kind of like what persona 4 does but it mixes that in with a full-fledged hardcore rpg um, and the game is just—it's just so fantastic. It's—it's it's one of easily one of the best Japanese RPGs ever to be released. Uh, the Vita version goes back and adds a ton of new content to it, uh, new characters you can create social links with, um, whole new aspects of the game. It looks gorgeous on the Vita screen, uh, and it's just—it's such a wonderful RPG because the the characters in the game are so well written, they're so interesting and. What Persona 4 especially did that even Persona 3 didn't do well was these characters feel like normal everyday high schoolers. So when you're dealing with them, you know, you, you play as a high schooler as well who comes to the city and lives there for one year. Um, like these characters feel like real people you could actually go out and meet. You know, even Persona 3 kind of did the uh, stereotypical anime tropes kind of thing. You know, you had the, the, the older rich girl who didn't know about life. And you had the, uh, the you know, the, the crazy uh, guy who, who wants to be leader, but you're leader. So he gets, you know, frustrated by that. And you had the, 
the the brooding, sexy, older upperclassman guy and stuff like that, you know. Hmm. Um, whereas this game, it's just it's 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 people. And what's even more interesting is the the whole concept of the game that the way it introduces you to your teammates is each character because without spoiling things about how the game works they end up being forced to face their inner emotions that they aren't willing to accept typically so you really go on this kind of emotional journey with each character and each character has a certain piece of them that you know, we, we all have things we, ho- we hold inside or, or that we don't talk about or, or that we've dealt with in our lives. And so this game's kind of about exploring those things and admitting to yourself, you know, that it's okay to have that be part of you and that you are more than just what people perceive you as or what kind of persona you, you emit to others. So it's just, it's just such a wonderful game and, and it builds on characters so well and it's, it's, it's so much fun and it's grossly long so if you love long games you are going to get so much value out of this if you don't well then don't play it because <laughs> it will take you forever to beat it um and that they've they've really done a lot of things to kind of and this is good this is good for good and bad i i do occasionally find myself not liking this but they've made it more they've made it friendlier to people who aren't hardcore persona players so kind of me selfishly, I kind of feel sometimes that they've made it a little bit too easy in certain regards, but they really did go back and make this much friendlier to the point where it's kind of interesting because the way the game works is every single day you can decide what you're going to do. You can decide, okay, I'm going to go out with my friend and hang out. I'm going to go home and study. We're going to go to the, the dungeon and kind of, uh, you know, grind and level up. You can decide whatever you want to do. And it's always been up to you to decide, and that can be a little bit overwhelming for some players. So what they added into this game is almost like a Dark Souls-y kind of thing where you can bring up this option, and it'll show you the the five most popular choices each day for what other players have done in their games. Hmm. So, it's, they're, so they're doing some kind of cool stuff with the online. So um, Persona 4 Golden, it's, it's, again, one of the best JRPGs I've ever played this Vita version really is the kind of definitive version of the game. So if you've ever thought about it, this is the perfect time to play it. And if you if you're only going to play one Persona game, definitely Persona 4 Golden is the one to go with. Wow. And I think <laughs> that takes us to the nichiest of them all. And because this little thing called the alphabet, that means it <laughs> goes first. All right. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm a little worried about my choice this week. I'm not sure how it's going to go over, but okay, I'll tell you the title. It's <laughs> Lost Winds 2, Winter of the Melodious. I might have pronounced that wrong. I think I know what this is. I think you both I know. De- <laughs> I, n- I definitely know what it is. Uh, I don't know if you pronounced it wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, do you want so me what- to say what platform it's for, or you just want to guess? Uh, go with Shidoshi, because I know, I know what it is. It is uh, We Wear. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. That's all right. It is on iOS now, and it is currently free, which is what prompted me to talk about it. It's free. Oh, it's, yes. Oh, it's, it's 
Oh, it's free for iOS? Yes, wow. it's free. So you should all go download it this week. It's like the, the app of the week or something. And so I think it's just free for this week only. That's weird. Yeah. It, even if you don't, this is my, my tip to everyone. Even if you don't have an iOS device now, but you think someday I may have one, you can actually, if you have iTunes, go in and put it in your like download history, you know, so you click download and then it will be on your computer. So whenever you do get an iOS device, you will have it. That's what I did for a bunch of games. And now that I finally have an iPhone, I can play all of them. So, yes, this is also a really good tip, um, by the way, not to interrupt you real quick, but yep. um, today, uh, PS plus, a, a bunch of Vita games got added for free on PS plus. Oh yeah, and if you if you have PS Plus but you don't have a Vita yet, you can tag all those as purchased for free. So if you do get a Vita in the future, you can download them. So yes, on iOS and on on PS3, both these are really really good tips to to know. Um, huh. Yeah, tag them so that just in case you ever want them. Yeah, I do that with everything on PS Plus, even if I think you know I would never want yep. it. Okay, well, shall I continue with Wasswins 2 then? Or did you want to yes. tell me what you think it is, Shidoshi? Since well, you did get the console, so it's, I have a feeling you know. I haven't played it. It's some kind of uh, like a adventure platformer kind of game. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Brian, you say you know it, so you want to explain what you know? Yeah, uh, I think that's a good description. It's like a puzzle platform I mean it's like a platform with kind of puzzle elements and at least on the Wii versions you use the nunchuck to move your character and then you use the pointer function of the Wii remote to um, well at times like uh, blow wind or to, to alter the landscape a little bit to either help your progress through a stage or that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know, so no points for me today, I guess. <laughs> but Although, can I, can I ask, are you, did you play the Wii version, or have you played the iOS version? Oh, I'm playing the iOS version, actually, yeah. I so know. I wonder what the, do you like the, how that controls, or? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I have run into a little bit of difficulty, but the main mechanic, which I'm not exactly sure how it translates, to the Wii control, so you can explain that. Uh, I'm not sure, but the the kind of main thing is that you're the the main character Toku is his name. He's befriended a wind spirit named Enril, I believe. Anyways, the wind spirit can blow him around, and so on the iPhone, you you just touch the screen and you kind of swipe in the direction, and the wind will blow that way. So you kind of swipe along and sort of blow. Toku around wherever you want him to go. I think is that what you use the pointer for on the Wii? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, to yeah. blow the air. Hmm. Yeah, but it's very intuitive on the phone, I found. Um the only problem I've had is there's one thing where it wants you to pinch the screen and the, the pinching action is really weird. I'm like, how do they want me to do this? But I figured it out, but it's still a bit finicky. Um, but you pinch the screen when you want to create sort of like a circular wind, what would you call it, vortex, I don't know, but you can make a powerful um, circular wind flow that will um, 
allow you to then use like rocks and kind of shoot them in the direction you want them to go to say break like a stone wall or you know move things out of the way so that that's a little bit finicky but i think it's actually quite well suited to the iphone and just the it's another puzzle platformer i'd say so i seem to be on a puzzle platformer kick today but uh, it's very cute. It's very cute. I really like the art style, and I like the second one. From what I've read, I've never played the first one, but uh, people, a lot of people say the first one kind of ended before it really got good, and that it didn't really explore all the ideas and all the control options, whereas this one really feels like the more fleshed-out version. So, um, yeah, it's really nice, and it has kind of an Okami-esque vibe to it. Like, you can... Toku has a power where, like, if there's water on the ground, you can drag your finger from the water to wherever you want it to go, and it will create, like, a water stream that can then be used to, like, put out a fire or, you know, uh, get something wet. Or you can also control fire, so you might uh, drag your finger from a torch to an ice wall, and then that would melt the ice wall with the fire. Um, yeah, and it's very nice. It's just very quaint, and the visuals are very nice. I like the style, and the uh, icy uh, environment is kind of different. You don't really see many games that pretty much take place 100% in, you know, a wintry environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and because of that, they have this mechanic where you actually will start dying if you've been out in the cold too long. So you have a little meter that's constantly going down, and when that meter reaches zero, then you start losing health. But you have to go to a fire and warm up, and then your meter will be restored. So I like that. Yeah, it's very cute. But I couldn't stump you today. That's okay. <laughs> well, now it's Brian's turn to see if he can stump us <laughs> or not. Okay, well, so mine is... Quite an old game, um, I'll, so I guess I will give you the name and like the main system it was released for. Do I give you a date too, or no, you're well, right, I guess it's right. kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, so the game is called Droll, oh. and it was released. The first thing it was released for was the old Apple II computer, um, but it was released for other systems at the time, like a uh, Atari, Commodore kind of thing. Um, I will make a guess first. I have no idea what this is, but I am guessing, given the name and the platforms, that it is going to be a text-based adventure game. Okay. Anne? Uh, I have no idea either. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to guess. I, that sounds like a good guess, text-based adventure. But drone. Hmm. No, uh, droll. Droll, like, sorry. D-R-O-L. Uh, yeah. Not that it's going to help you, maybe, but D-R-O-L. <laughs> yeah, okay. Droll. <laughs> now now I feel like I don't even have less of a clue. Yeah, I, I, I like Shiroshi's text-based adventure idea. Well, then you're both wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although, a good thing for you is that, like explaining or describing the game is not easy i mean like i'm just i've been trying to pick my brain in terms of what kind of game it is or what you would compare it to um and the only thing i can come up with it and this is a horrible comparison but kind of like imagine like mappy or 
Donkey Kong, which is a terrible example, but it's a side, you have a side view of the action, you have this little robot who can shoot uh, straight forward, I think, I don't think you can shoot up. Um, you can jump and you can hover, and you're in these stages that kind of remind me of, well, they remind me of Mappy or Donkey Kong, where it's, you know, there are like four levels or four uh, floors, and enemies come at you from all sides, and they're shooting at you, and you can shoot at them, and your objective is to save, like, there will be a little girl skipping with a, <laughs> a balloon, and you have to save her from the animals, or the aliens, or whoever's coming at you, and, you know, once you've saved the number you're supposed to save, you move on to the next screen. Um, anyway, I just, re it's like a game that I played as a kid, it was one of the first computer games I had, and it was always very, I always sucked at it, um, but it was very unique. I mean, it's like a, a game I can't think of a real comparison to. So there you go. <laughs> Good one. Well, I guess that leads to me. Um, my game is for the Nintendo DS, or as the kids say, the dual screen. <laughs> and it is a game called My World, My Way. Oh... I know this one, uh, but I can't like put my finger on exactly what it was. I've seen it. I know <laughs> I've seen it before. <laughs> I have to see it, but I know the name. I know it, but I cannot think of what the game <sighs> is. Oh, my God. <sighs> this is the worst because you like, yeah, you, you know, you know it, right? As soon as you tell us, so yes. we're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, but now that we can't remember, we still have to make a guess, and yeah. it's going to be a horrible guess. I know. <laughs> you want me to go first, Anne? Yes, please. <laughs> okay, so let's see. I'm going to take a stab in the dark. My world, my way. Um, I know this is going to be wrong. I'm just going to say it's some kind of, like, sim game. Like, you know, like Animal Crossing-esque. I guess that's our theme for the day, but... Um, <laughs> Something I can't even come up with anything more than that. That's as good as I'm going to do. Some I've Animal got. Crossing thing, okay? Mm. And? My world, my way. You're, it's, um, isn't it the Final Fantasy one where you're like a prince or a king or something? It's kind of like, um, Little King's oh. Story. That's what I'm going to say. Oh. I think you're thinking of, uh, what was that called? Uh, My Life as a Dark Lord. Oh, oh. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was something like that. Yeah, that's probably but the one I'm thinking of. You are kind of close in that incorrect guess, however. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's an RPG. The original name was uh, Sekai wa Atashi de Mawateru, which basically means the world revolves around me. Uh. Um, it's a story of a princess, a, spo a young spoiled princess, um, and there's this adventurer who she wants to, to him to be her boyfriend, but he won't because he thinks she's young and spoiled. So she decides that she's going to go out and be a hero and what's interesting is instead of instead of skill points or MP or whatever, she has pout points. <laughs> and she can pout and by pouting she can get her way, which 
she can change the terrain. Like if there's something blocking her way, she can she can change the world so that something so that her path is open. Uh, she can actually make monsters just run away and give give her all their money or their experience <laughs> points. Uh, so it's basically the spoiled princess who goes around being spoiled, and she can use her powers of being spoiled to change the world as she goes through this RPG adventure. Uh, it was it's it's a really fun game. It's it's I mean fun in terms of like theme and just idea and everything. The the actual game itself wasn't super super amazing. It, it was it was fun to play, but it wasn't like excellent. Um, but it's just like such a a interesting idea, and they do really creative things with the way that she can just just you know pout and get her way in the world and how that affects the game. Huh. Uh, it was it was developed by Global A Entertainment, who I don't have any clue what else they've what else they've done, uh, but it was brought over here by Atlas. Oh, yeah. that's probably why I've heard yes. of it. Yeah, I'm looking at so the cover I, I... now, and it looks fam- very familiar. If I had seen it, I would have known it. <laughs> Can I ask? That, so there are battles. Yes. Kind of. Which I said, like, like she basically think of it as as. Her pouting is basically like like magic spells, but instead of being that like oh it just sets something on fire or whatever, it it like does these fun different things, you know. For like I said, it, it um it says like including forcing enemies to drop more money or experience points. Uh, you can automatically complete a quest without even doing it, <laughs> or you can alter the game's current environment to fulfill in-game requests. Okay, <laughs> so. I've got to look that one up. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's like it's it's that at that point where um, like I I will spoil this. I'm never be able to use this on the show for this section. But did you ever play the Wizard of Oz adventure game on DS? Uh, no, but I always wanted to. Yeah, I it was really cute. yeah, me too. It, was it has really, a really weird name, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it was like Riz Owd or something like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ew, that one looked really cute, but. Yeah, I've never played it. Myself. Yeah, and like the the touch screen is basically a, a virtual trackball that you use to, to move your character around. But it was like it's like in that era where like all these DS games were coming out and they were just doing these really different, unique kind of things. And this is one of those. Like I said, it, I mean, it wasn't a fantastic game, but it was interesting and it was fun, and it just did something different that kind of caught my attention. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it it was it was uh, kind of cute, and. If you are into the really obscure DS games, you should uh, think about checking it out. <laughs> I will. By the way, I, I want it to be known that ever since, I think it was our last one, um, I have been like tracking a copy of Jingle Cats on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't get myself to hit the, you know, buy now button, but I'm going to. How much? How much is it? It's not very much. Okay. And it looks like it's in good condition. I mean, less than $10. Okay, yeah. So I, I love weird, especially like PlayStation games. So I'll let you know when I get it. Yeah, because I'm saying like, I think, I think your thing's more like position and Famicom kind of games. Oh, well, no, I mean, anything. I, I like anything. But like uh, up through like PlayStation, Saturn, uh, Dreamcast, all that kind of stuff. What what would you say that you do your most collecting on? Hmm. Probably the PC Engine. 
Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that too. Yeah. Yeah, followed by like Famicom and PlayStation. Do you have a uh, a Duo R? No, no, because uh, I really I love the um, small like the original place or PC Engine and the core graphics and core graphics too. So. Um, I don't really like the form factor of the duo so much, really? so I probably won't get one. I'll see. I see. I had an American duo, but like the duo R to me is just one of the most beautiful game systems that has ever come out. Huh? I, no, that's like the white kind of yeah. slightly rounded one. Yeah, right? it's, it's, yeah, it's more roundy one. So yeah, Anne is. I mean, to- Anne is totally lost during this conversation. I know she's <laughs> like, I am so sick of the PC. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that I think that's our show. <laughs> I think unless there's anything else to do. No, that's good for me. Um, we we may try to get another show in before Christmas. We'll say we'll say May, because I don't know the plans for you two. So I'm up for it. Yeah, we should be able to swing it. Then we will do that. We will <laughs> we will and by. By that time, Brian and I will have our XLs, and we'll be happy with those. Yes. And I got my I got my Vita like a week and a half ago, so I have just been playing that nonstop. Oh, I didn't realize you didn't have one before. No, I was waiting for the white Vita. Oh, oh that's right. I've that's right. That yeah. Oh, that's somebody, nice. To to make you jealous, somebody was very kind and donated the Vita to me. So. Wow. Wow. When are we going to get big enough to get those nations? Well, (laughs) we need to get there someday. We need to do more niche podcasts. (laughs) Wow, that's very nice. Yes. Yeah. So, and uh, yeah, like I I love the Vita, but it also makes me frustrated sometimes just with Sony Mm. stupid decisions. What's funny, you you bought it when, you know, or you got it when the second kind of wave of titles came out, you know, October and November, there were a bunch of titles, but for the past six months, there's been hardly anything. Yeah, I think, I think the timing's like very good because I was kind of waiting. I mean, it it just happened to be the workout because I had thought I would originally wait until, you know, Persona 4 hit and Virtue's Last Reward hit and a few of those kind of games hit. And then that's when the white one was going to come out. And I really, really wanted the white one. And then also, you know, now uh, PlayStation Plus is just hitting. We got the new firmware just hitting. So, like, this is, like, right now a really, really good time to have a Vita. Yeah. Like, it's a good time to pick it up versus having picked it up earlier. So. So, yeah. But all right, then. So then uh, for Anne and for Brian... Uh, I am Shidoshi, and this has been episode four of the Nietzsche's podcast ever. (laughs) 